I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on the R. Kelly Saga. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Lisa Evers. And you can catch up on all of our Street Soldiers shows, both Hot 97 Radio and Fox 5 TV, free of charge on LisaEvers.com. Now, in this episode, we're talking about new questions that are being raised about R&B superstar R. Kelly after the airing of the Lifetime TV series, Surviving R. Kelly. Now, the alleged victims gave us some shocking stories, and it made many people wonder why he wasn't behind bars or why has he never been behind bars. For more than two decades, R. Kelly has been dogged by persistent allegations of sexual abuse and sexual misconduct, including with underage girls, but he has never been convicted of a crime. His career has thrived, but has taken some hits recently from the mute R. Kelly movement and people in the music business that just don't feel comfortable dealing with him. But now there are louder calls for something to be done, but what should actually be done, and is he being targeted? Let's find out what our panel has to say about R. Kelly. Joining me is criminal defense attorney Jason Foy. He's a partner in the firm Foy and Seplowitz. He's also a former prosecutor. Jason, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Dr. Elisa English. She's a clinical therapist. Dr. Elisa, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Also joining us is Joel Payne. He's a social commentator, media contributor, and columnist. Joel great to have you on the show. Good to be with you. Thank you so much. Um, Jason, I want to start with you on the legal side because one of the questions we have been getting our whole Street Soldiers team, all of our social media, on the streets, everywhere I go, people are like, why isn't he in jail? What do you say to that? Well, I, I believe he's not in jail because at least to date, other than the trial he had, uh, I guess it was back in 2008, based on allegations from 2002, they haven't found sufficient reliable, credible evidence to support a charge. You need to be charged with something before we can start talking about jail. There's a process to that, but we haven't even gotten to the beginning because he hasn't been charged with a crime. So these people that think you go on TV, you make some statements, and then boom, there's some kind of criminal case. Are we not understanding the legal system here? Well, I can tell you that the docu-series is not evidence. It's not something that a prosecutor or the police would look, use solely to support a case. Now, it could be something that could start an investigation, which I guess is what's happening now. They're starting to look into some things. Uh, but uh, the show that was shown, that's not evidence. Right, and it wasn't news either. It was, I mean, not right. based on Right, it was recounting old stories, quite frankly, from years ago, some more recent, but a lot of it was from a long time ago. All right. So there's issues with statutes and limitations and different things. All right, we're going to talk about, get into that too in, in just a little bit. Dr. Lisa, when you look at R. Kelly, first of all, look at R. Kelly, what strikes you about him from your clinical perspective? R. Kelly is simply uh, someone, who, I would say he's, I don't want to say he's a narcissist, but I think he's someone that clearly doesn't understand the the behavior because there hasn't really been any consequences. And we learn, cha we change behavior based on consequences. So there has been none. There, the people who were around him, they validated him. Um, the legal system, in many ways, validated him. So what is wrong? Why is everyone concerned about what it is that I'm doing? In fact, everyone seems to be with okay it. Okay with it. Okay with it. And he's in a culture where it goes on all the time. 
right? And people have heard of it before. Joel, Joel, when you look at the way this whole thing has played out, you know, the timing of it, they kind of dropped the docuseries when, you know, right after the holidays, before the whole new year really gets into full gear with, with new shows and people's lives and activities. What's your take on this? Oh, listen, it was purposely designed to to have an impact, and I think it's having a desired impact. Um, And I think it's overdue. You know, it's very, you know, you look at kind of what happened with Bill Cosby and very similar to the Hannibal Buress, you know, comedy skit that kind of led to a reawakening about that. I think the fact that we're in the Me Too moment now, um, I think certainly the folks who are behind the Mute R. Kelly movement and some of these other um, different infrastructures that have been put together see an opportunity to really reevaluate what's going on. But here's what I come back to. It takes a village. Okay, so we've talked about all these different disparate entities. We've talked about the legal system. We've talked about his handlers and his agents and his lawyers and the media. Everyone is, in my mind, a co-conspirator here because we've been watching R. Kelly uh, publicly talk about this behavior and brag about this behavior for two decades. And we've actually not just allowed him to do it, but we've kind of encouraged him to do it. So really in a way to Dr. Elisa's point, we validated his behavior. And I think there's a lot of examination that's gotta go on across the board, not just within R. Kelly, but within all, within all these different entities we're talking about. And like, how well, what's do we saying? value children, particularly children of color? So that, to me, is a conversation that should be had across the board. But I think that's also one of the issues with this, too, is because these the I think the underage and just from what, you know, again, what I'm getting from feedback um, since we've been and I've been covering the story for Fox 5 News as well. The the underage piece, you know, where there were, you know, where he was allegedly having sexual relations with underage girls. There's almost there's I would say ninety nine point nine percent universal condemnation of that. That's not okay with anybody. But then when you get to girl women, young women that are nineteen, twenty, twenty one, in their twenties, that becomes a whole different story. Or thirty five. Or thirty five. Right, because it were older women that were affected by the situation, according to the docu series. So. What do you think about what do you think about in terms of the law, the underage piece? Well, that's probably the most serious aspect of his allegations, meaning. Uh, having relationships, uh, sexual relationships with minors. Um, It's a very complex, difficult thing, but it's difficult to prosecute those cases. So it's not just difficult to defend against the allegation, it's difficult to prove. So you have to have good, solid evidence, which is difficult because victims don't want to come forward. Uh, And that affects their ability to prove these cases. But do they have a right to consent to sex with a older person well that's the answer is no Uh, a a, uh, 13 year old can't consent to having sex with a 30 year old that's not but what about a They're legally not capable about it. Yeah. Joel, what do you think I about mean, the, the, the underage thing? Well, I think the most heartbreaking part about the underage piece is that these are, I mean, it would be heartbreaking even if, even if it were a stranger. Right. The fact that these are people who are close to him. This is the child, allegedly, of one of his bandmates. Right. Right? That, that Sparkle talked in, in great detail about during the docuseries. And the fact that it's well known. I mean, there were people, you know, Jason, we were talking earlier about in the trial how there was not sufficient evidence. You had people from the community who said, I coached this girl in soccer. I went to school with this young lady. She was known as the person who was in the video. And yet and still, we decided not to believe what happened. We didn't want to believe R. Kelly could have done these things. And by the way, it's another challenge that we're going to have with Michael Jackson very soon, because I'm telling you that same reexamination that we went with with Bill Cosby that we're going through now with R. Kelly, it's coming to Michael Jackson very soon. 
What do you think about that, Dr. Lisa, us looking back at these things in the context of where we are in terms of a society in 2018, 2019? Well, I think that this is an important topic now, the Me Too movement. There's a lot going on around just how we treat women in general, particularly in this industry. And I think this is what's giving you know a voice to the voiceless around this issue. Um, has it been going on forever? Yes, I think it's been going on for a long time. I, you know, I've been a victim of, you know, um, sexual assault I get from an older individual. So I mean, I think it's it's the timing, the timing of it is is what really is, is, is what's igniting it into yeah, this firestorm. Absolutely. All right, we're going to continue talking about this. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yeah, this your boy Rolling Stone P. And make sure y'all check out the Street Soldiers with the beautiful Lisa Evers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about the R. Kelly case. Are we getting all sides to the story? Do we really know what happened? Joining me for this episode is attorney Jason Foy. He's a criminal defense attorney. He's a partner with the firm Foy and Seplowitz. He's also a former prosecutor. Jason, great to have you with us. Thanks. Thank you so much. Also with us is Dr. Elisa English. She's a clinical therapist. Dr. Elisa, great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Also joining us is Joel Payne. He's a social commentator, media contributor, and columnist. Joel, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Joel, one of the things we kept hearing um, from people is they saw the women talking about their stories, and some people were saying this was very upsetting, they were very moved by it, but then there were other people saying they just didn't believe it. Well, look, this is the culture that we're within, right, where celebrities, their word is God. And by the way, it's how he got away with this for, what, again, two-plus decades. But again, let's talk also about the young women who were impacted here. They were majority African-American women, and I think we have to do a real evaluation, particularly within our African-American community, about the value of the word of black women. Do we believe black women the same way we believe white women, the same way we believe others in our society? I think that's really something that this is going to tease out, whether or not we've really determined we're going to treat the word of black women with the same gold standard that we treat others. Dr. Lisa, what about that? I mean, but... The women also have families. And so what role did they play in terms of moving this issue forward? Did they put pressure on the legal system in order to ensure prosecution? I mean, you do have many black women who have advocated. There was a black woman who founded the Me Too movement. Right. So, I mean, that being said, I don't want to minimize. I, I do agree with you. I think developmentally, black young girls are seen as adults because they sort of develop it, to me, more not to me, but they develop the over more, the over sexualization image not only just stereotypes. The over, physically, they stereotypes they, they, they overdevelop, right. and so in many ways, people see them and view them as older than they really are. And so, yeah, and overall, I think women, black women, but, are but really this has been in, in our society. face. But this has been in our face for a long time. Yes, this, Aaliyah. The situation with Aaliyah was 1996. Wow. These women have been coming out with these stories. Again, a slow drip over two decades. I mean, you're talking 2000, 2003, 2008, as recent as 2015. But let's, let's not take away the fact that in society, black women are protectors of black men. So because this, the system in many ways... Like, why do you want to take him down? down there's a, right. there's the that, that year, too. The system is always there to take them down. Jason, so what about that? You know, another part of our culture. That concept of it. I don't deny that there are some unique issues that women in general and black women in particular have with being believed and credibility and when it relates to cases like this when it's sex or underage sex or with without consent it can be difficult when we get into a courtroom uh, 
yes, I can't deny that racial components don't come into play. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's very nuanced. But it's really the credibility, the challenges behind the story. If X is true, what else is true? If the, the witness says one particular thing, what does that mean based on the physical evidence, whether it's a video or what somebody said or a text message? So it's difficult. I'm not saying that race doesn't come into play, but as far as the, the, legal, legal, the legal system and uh, trying a case, proving a case, or defending a case, really you have to take the witnesses as they come. If it's a black woman, then well, let's hear what she has to say. Does it line up? Does it make sense? How does she handle herself when challenged on her word? That's part of that process. Uh, but, being but, challenged but, is but not a bad thing. Can they retract their statement, or can the state pick up the case when, say, a client right, decides it, to retract? That's a good point. If somebody doesn't want to press charges, but right. there's plenty of evidence that something happened, especially a let's take a case with an underage so there's So there's two parts to this, though. Okay. There's a legal piece. It's kind of like okay. you think about like the NFL. There's a legal piece, and then there's a societal piece. Okay. Right? Society, we are not required to follow what legal precedent tells us. In other words, we don't have to buy R. Kelly songs. Right. We don't have to support RCA. We don't have to support the chocolate factory. Okay, right. we have a choice of whether or not to support that based on whether we agree with the moral or amoral behavior of Robert Kelly. So we don't have to wait for a courtroom to tell us that. Right. That's really the challenge here that our community has to face. And also, too, let's talk. Just I'm glad you brought up that point because just in terms of the music, to give it some context with his career, he's one of the all-time best-selling male solo singers. He's got a slew of Grammys. He has all kinds of awards. The music, you know, by music standards, people say he's a musical genius a creative genius so there's that piece he isn't just some R&B guy that had a couple of but he's hits. using his art form to even talk about this right. demonic behavior the, the, the song catalog right. seems like you're ready back and forth age ain't nothing but a number right. I mean we're again we are actively co-conspirators by contributing to R. Kelly, again, you, you talked early, and I thought that was perfect what you said, that we validate his behavior. We validated that behavior with the power of our purse. But what about, Jason, let me come back to the legal th thing, because the, you were explaining to me with that case with the video, with the underage girl with right. the video, which would, we don't have to describe yeah. it. Everybody knows what it is. Right. The the charges, he was, he was arrested. He's in the orange jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. He was in the jail. There was a trial. There were 14, I think, more than a dozen counts of child pornography, very serious, right. and yet he's acquitted on everything. everything. How does that happen? Yeah. Well, that happens That's because the question. proof didn't meet the standard. What beyond level reasonable of doubt. proof do you need when you have it on video? You need the witness who's on the video Thank to come you. in and explain what occurred, identify herself, have someone close to her, reliable, who's going to come Family in. Family members, right. Your father, your mother, to explain how you even had an opportunity to get on video at his house, mm -hmm. right? So... It can't be people from the neighborhood who coached her and say, oh, I coached that person, that's right, her. Right, that's not that her can be helpful. parents, right. That can be helpful in proving what the about case. her aunt? But beyond on, the reasonable doubt. Who was doubt. on the witness stand saying, right. that's my niece who I introduced to R. Kelly. Well, here's the thing. I don't know because I don't know what <laughs> the cross-examination was. But that can backfire, too, because like, if you know what he's up to, to, to why are you introducing your, your daughter to him? Right. Sure. But, Jason, what, so, so basically, so the, the, the young woman, the underage woman in the video right. did not testify. She did not. The, and the parents what? did not testify right. so the parents because they took, I believe they, there was some kind of out-of-court settlement. There was a cash settlement well, and a civil suit. There may have been, but that value. doesn't stop someone from coming to testify. If, if, well, the if, non agreement. if the prosecutor subpoenas you to court, they can compel you to be there, period. Like, you're, a civil agreement can't stop 
a prosecutor from bringing a witness into court. Oh, really? Okay. So you can't have a private agreement to undermine a prosecution. To not tell your story which, oh, which to Which is TMZ. always, always done by the state. Individuals don't prosecute right. people for crimes. State, state entities do, whether it's the Bronx DA. Right. Uh, but the, doesn't the somebody feds. have to make a complaint? They do. They do have to make a complaint and bring it to the attention of law enforcement. And put but their name down and, and sign some kind of something? Well, I don't know if you have the, to sign anything to be a witness. Once you make a statement, right? But you would need to communicate with law enforcement because as a defense attorney, I'm not putting a witness on the stand that I haven't talked to. As a prosecutor, I wasn't putting a witness on the stand that I didn't talk to because right. I don't know what they're going to say. And I need to prepare them for their testimony and go over the information we're going to talk about in court. So do you feel the fact that the, the, the young lady did not, the young girl did not testify, the parents did not testify, they weren't involved with that at that point, that that's what the reason that he, he skated on those charges? And that's a very serious point that you just raised. The right. fact that the parents weren't there to advocate in a way, and even if there was some kind of, you know, payoff. The fact is, if your child is being abused, no money should allow you to say that that's be, okay. That would be twice that the parents failed that but kid. Here's yeah. the, the first time they allowed R. Kelly to get that close to their child, and the second time right. they allowed their checkbook to control their morality. That's the second time those parents True, failed True, but guess child. what? A not guilty verdict is not skating. It's not. It was the right just thing to do under the circumstances and evidence of that under case. Under the legal system. Right. So when you're in court. Now, oftentimes people will say, how can I, and I'm talking about various clients, how can I be here based just on what somebody says? Well, what people say is evidence, right? Testimony is evidence. But some cases you need corroboration of that testimony. Because if you say that XYZ happened somewhere and there's surveillance video in that location and that surveillance video isn't produced to corroborate that testimony, it's not as persuasive when you talk about the highest burden beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, you know, there's a lot of things that go into play in a trial. But in the docu-series in particular, there was blame put on the jury like the, it's the jury's fault. It's not the jury's fault when they come to a not guilty verdict. If you want to put fault, then it's the case's fault because it wasn't sufficient evidence. But Car R. Kelly didn't pay off jurors. Right. Now, I'm not defending R. Kelly, right. but... You're just explaining to us, right. helping us right. understand so the legal system, which exactly. is what, hold that thought, Joe. We need to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Hey, yo, this is Pat Post with Lisa Evers. Put your thinking caps on. Street Soldiers. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about the R. Kelly saga. Are there two sides to every story? Let's find out what our panel has to say. Joining me, attorney Jason Foy. He's a criminal defense attorney. He's a partner with the firm Foy and Seplowitz. He's also a former prosecutor. Jason, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Dr. Elisa English. She's a clinical therapist. Dr. Elisa, great to have you on with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Also joining us is Joel Payne. He's a social commentator media contributor and columnist. Joel, great to have you with us. Thanks, Lisa. All right, Jason, just explain to us the jury, why a jury found R. Kelly not guilty of more than a dozen child pornography charges when everybody in the world, unfortunately, saw that horrible video. Because the testimony and the video wasn't enough to overcome the burden that the state had. They had to prove that case, every element, beyond a reasonable doubt, and they failed to do so. Now, the particulars of why the jury did it, it's hard to say because we weren't in the deliberation room. But I have a feeling that a lot of it had to do with the lack of cooperation of essential witnesses, 
like the person in the video, like her parents or other people that could provide context for what was seen on the video. So I believe that's the reason. Now, when you opened up, you talk about there's two sides to every story. Well, in a courtroom, there's only one story that matters, what the state says, and whether that story proves beyond a reasonable doubt a crime was committed. The defendant doesn't have to tell his story because he has a right to remain silent because he's presumed innocent. Sometimes defendants put their story out there as a defense, which is an option to do. Right. But you don't have to have two sides of the story. So really the focus is what's the story of the government? Does it prove the case? In R. Kelly's situation, they failed to do so, which isn't the fault of the jury. And All right, so it's a case. Two sides, right? Because when you think about that, and the community has failed, right? Because in many ways, we all continue to purchase his mm -hmm. music. He's a megastar. And so all of these allegations, as long ago as they were, he had continued to make music and continue to be quite By successful. Way, that jury, so that, that jury, you don't agree with that? You, no, you don't think, don't it's agree a, you think the jury, that jury saw just, that video? I don't know how you could see that video. But they acquitted him. That's what, but that's what I'm trying to say. But that's how did they acquit him after seeing the video? And, and, also, and also, in the docuseries, they did a good job of interviewing one of the, one, one of the former jurors. They talked to, I believe it was in that docuseries. Yeah. And that jury certainly did not represent themselves well and did not Why? represent because himself he well. said he what said she, he didn't believe what? the witnesses if you don't believe the witnesses as a juror then that in then, a courtroom and, and that's reasonable doubt isn't that reasonable doubt then, then what else are you to do reasonable doubt is when you're in denial about what's right there plainly in front of you no jury of that's their not peers? was these a bunch of little kids on the jury you know 13 14 15 yeah, year but, old? okay I'm but, just saying but let's move, let's move on from the video because the, the jury you know the jury of kelly's peers but that was 2002 that video. So the in terms of the, in terms of his char the charges, these allegations over and over and over again. There've been all kinds of allegations. There've been numerous lawsuits where women have accepted money, and there's also been let's let's talk about the the R. Kelly personal story too, which came came out. People really focused on in in surviving R. Kelly that he was abused first by a man briefly, and then by his a female a female family relative. For a period of years, Dr. Elisa, what does that is that explanation for his behavior? Well, anybody who experiences trauma can, trauma can perhaps do things that may not be healthy for them. But in this case, R. Kelly has performed acts that are illegal for the most part, although he was acquitted, um, and so he understands right from wrong. And it's, because you've been abused doesn't mean you need to abuse other people. There may be a chance that you abuse people because sometimes hurt people hurt people. But he had a choice, and he chose to abuse children, underage adults, underage children. Let's put it that way. And Joel, we see we've seen you know the the docu series um, outlined it too, but also just the, the the whole narrative of of his career and all of these alleged crimes. It's it started with the underage started with the underage girls and then as you realize that was going to cause problems he got girls kind of like right on the borderline of the age of consent like 17 right. or 18 then tricky. this allegedly evolved into or devolved into this alleged sex cult where these young women were being held in the house against their will um, that that type of thing do you think that he's just going to continue you know getting worse or more bold or getting more clever about how he manipulates this I think it just comes down to are we going to hold him accountable is any num number one is There's anyone no is anyone going to hold yeah. him accountable but two are we as as the community as his base by the way 
are we going to hold him accountable? Are we going to stop buying his music? Are we going to stop explaining away his behavior and saying, oh, look at that, buying the video? I mean, people were actually making money online off of that video. But I want to go back to what she said. There's girls right now saying that they live with him and they're being held against their will. Is that considered kidnapping? I don't don't think they're saying that. that Yeah, Jason, what about that? that? The parents (laughs) are saying that. If I'm not, okay, and let's talk about that because this was something that I looked into too for one of our, our stories for Fox 5 News. The, the, there was this thing of the, they're, they're over 18, so the, the underage piece is, is not right. part of it. Right. They're in the house. They're in the mansion. They're supposedly in this room. It's really disgusting. They can only use a bucket for a bathroom. They, can't, they have no contact with people. The Illinois, the Cook County Police, and also I believe in Georgia and Fulton County as well, um, they, they did wellness checks. They went to the door. And as was explained to me by the Chicago Police Department, they go to the door, they knock on the door, and they say, we have a, con- a call about so-and-so, Miss So-and-so, uh, the, to check on her wellness. Can you? Is she here? Yes, she's here. May we talk to her? She comes to the door, and they ask her some questions. She looks fed. She looks clothed. There's no signs of broken furniture or you know, anything, anything in disarray in the house or whatever. She says she's okay. Then the police told me, Jason, I hope you can clarify that at that point, they can't do anything. There's no evidence of a crime being committed. And if she says she's okay, even if she's been brainwashed or she's been whatever is the case or groomed or, or whatever, there's nothing they can do. Their hands are tied. Is that true? That is true with adults, right? So in this situation, it's the parents who are un, you know, unhappy about what's going on with their daughter, right. justifiably so. Mm-hmm. But when your adult daughter comes and says, I'm fine, I'm here on my own, right? You saw some of the video in the docuseries where they're not at the home, they're at some hotel out, he's not there. He traveled with them. I think the TMZ uh, video. Right. They're there saying these things on video. TMZ's not forcing them to say uh, that they're there voluntarily. They're denying it. So when that's the case... There's no police situation for that. Now, I'm not saying that the parents not justified in feeling how they feel, but but there's a lot of parents that don't like their daughter's boyfriend. There's, there's also one. There's also one young lady, so. I believe, in the docuseries who did try to escape, and his handlers went and brought her back into the situation. Right. Exactly. Now that is a crime. Now I don't know when Maybe that by, happened, by the handlers, that is possibly. A crime. That yes. goes back to the validation. And then there was the mother right? that went in the docuseries that went the mother that went to hurt people. Went to the hotel to try to get her daughter. Just really quickly, I want to talk about one other thing as well. The culture in the music industry, right? Oh yeah, right. So and I don't know if you want to go to that later, but 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 I guess what's what's important about this is so you've got R. Kelly here, you've got his demonic behavior, and then you have this music industry which feeds into it with I think mostly of age women. Women, but still young women. All the songs are sexy. All, all the, the songs are, nice. are sexy. It sexualizes mm-hmm. our women, which degrades our women and makes them less credible when they come and they say, this happened to me. This is how I was made to feel. This is how I was abused. It degrades them because we're, we are conditioned to either not believe them or believe that the behavior that they're describing is appropriate and it's fine. And so that's another thing we have to address as well. As a music industry, and we've seen some streaming services, oh, they pull this song or they pull a certain thing and then it, it's come back. There's protests, there's calls to, uh, you know, to, to drop him. But as long as he's making money for people, I mean, I doubt they're going to... Really be able to I do. I mean, it. you still have two major record companies that are still, <laughs> still, you know, Part associated of making with making money for making yeah. money for. Um, Jason, put on your defense, criminal defense attorney hat. Mm-hmm. If you were defending R. Kelly, right. all the emotions aside, 
Well, maybe not. But, you know, wh what would be you, how would you defend him? Well, I guess it depends on what the charge is, right? So, uh, you know, whether it's the kidnapping or... You know, well, let's age. say, for example, the, the one, Faith Rogers, who mm -hmm. just, just this week, she claims she's the one that um, he allegedly gave an STD to. Now she's saying that she was allegedly threatened by him, that they were going to expose other sex partners of hers alleged, that she allegedly had. Am I saying allegedly enough? The, um, <laughs> so, and that she, that, but she, that she was also sexually assaulted by him. She was 19 at the time. Is that something that can be prosecuted? Uh, if it's within the statute of limitations, but she's elected to pursue it on civil basis, so right. that's mm -hmm. about money at the about end of the money day. Again. Um, now, I, I guess if she go goes to law enforcement and they feel like they can prove the case, something could happen if it's within the statute of limitations. Um, as far as, you know, what's R. Kelly's biggest issue? If I'm his attorney, what's the biggest issue I have to yes. deal with? What is it? What would you say? Getting a fair trial. Because the docu-series, all this talk publicly about it, people making their minds up about his guilt without hearing any real evidence under oath in a courtroom pursuant to the rules of justice. And I understand that there's a lot of criticism that can be put on the criminal justice system. I understand the history of the criminal justice system. I know how it's been used to oppress um, groups men of, of people. color, exactly. Yeah. So in I understand all of that. Right. Okay. But all of that aside. But all that aside, they have to stand up and come into court and prove that case. So it requires the witness to work with them. It's not a good idea in a case like this to be speaking so publicly about things that relate to what's going to happen in court. Right. Inevitably, there'll be an inconsistency or something that comes up that contradicts what's being said that affects witnesses' credibilities, rightfully so, by the way. Um, but at the same time, the disturbing thing about this docu-series that's gotten everybody hot is that you have all these different people with similar stories saying similar things about things that happened to them who are not friends, right? So that's the real problem. You have it from different angles coming. Which then speaks to a larger societal to a issue, pattern, right? right? Around how women value themselves, how the people in their life value them, and if it's about the money, what does that say? If we're not pursuing criminal charges for the behaviors in order to stop a predator, then there's something wrong with our society. And period. I would just say really quickly, focusing on the legal while important and topical, I, I think that R. Kelly wins because he's going to hire the best lawyers. He is He's going to be able to pr point out inconsistencies, etc. Bill Cosby did it for years, too. This is about society and about what we have decided the societal norms are around this mm -hmm. issue. So okay. the discussion is not in the courtroom. It's, it's in, it's in, it's in, right it's, it's, it's in streaming services. Right. It's, it's in the, the BET awards mm -hmm. and the places like that where we lionize R. Kelly. Right. That's where the discussion is. It's not, it's and not, not about R. what happens Kelly. in the courtroom. Yes. Okay. Others but like it's not, yeah. a, it's not what happens in the courtroom. Justice yeah. Justice is, is at the courtroom. Justice, I understand justice there's another. is not a check. Right. I would there, say there's, in this, there's this, other this, things this, in society. Is a check. But, but here's no, the thing. Justice That's is a consequence to, to helping him fix the behavior and anyone like him. All right. We're going to talk about fixing the behavior, too, and, and what led to it. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson. And right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl, Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Yeah. 
Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about the R. Kelly saga. Are there two sides to every story? Joining me for this episode, criminal defense attorney Jason Foy. He's a partner with the firm Foy and Seplowitz. He's also a former prosecutor. Jason, great to have you with us. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Dr. Elisa English. She's a clinical therapist. Dr. Elisa, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Also joining us is Joel Payne. He's a social commentator, media contributor, and a columnist. Joel, great to have you with us. Pleasure. Dr. Elisa, let's talk about the women here. And let's keep it 100. Let's keep it 1,000. You speak to women, women's groups. You were at Circle of Sisters with us. There's a lot of women that are empowered by what's going on. They feel that they don't have to be ashamed anymore if something happened to them. But there's also part of our culture, women that are previously were called groupies. Now they're, you know, called whatever. They want to be around powerful, rich men to try to get paid, to try to be their girlfriend, to try to get their career, you know, going or whatever, and they're willing to put up with behavior that otherwise would not be acceptable. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, women that do that, we can't really put them in the same category as the women who are involved in the R. Kelly situation, particularly those that are underage. Those who are now of legal age, perhaps there's some conversations that can be had about that, whether or not they... And not to blame the victim. I want to be very clear. I'm talking about personal responsibility. Right. So at some point, there is personal responsibility. And Maybe we live in a society where, you know, people glorify celebrities and they want to be around them for whatever reason, whether it's to connect them to some kind of, you know, resource or job or, you know, some some kind of thing that they can do that makes them successful in that business. Or it's just because they want to feel connected or close to them. You know, what does it say about our own value for self and our own self-worth in terms of that? the decision to have sex with a celebrity simply because they're a celebrity is the driving factor for me to connect with someone and to reduce myself to that where there's no real outcome for me but not positive. To, but not to make any judgment, but there's a lot of a lot of young women in particular that are that want to do that. And also, I want to talk about, too, okay, so you talk about the young women and the young men. So let's think about it from both perspectives. For the young women, they are watching all of this, and they're watching us, they're watching our reaction, and they're saying, hmm, I've got an uncle who looks at me inappropriately, who does this. I've got an older guy in the neighborhood that comes around and that does this. How do they uh, analyze that behavior in their life versus how we are reacting societally and the young men that we are raising, okay? Oh, that's okay. I'm a man. I can have my way with a woman. I can tell her what to do. That's okay. That is expected of me. Society expects that. We also have to be mindful of that next generation that are coming up. People our age, we are the cake is baked. It's the people below us who are watching everything that we do and watching how we react, and they are thinking about the type of people they're going to be and how they're going to carry on their relationships across gender. Jason, what about uh, what about community standards? Because that's always a big issue in with, with legal cases, too. But in terms of society, our standards, we've been at our street soldiers team. We've done, you know, we've been at had uh, outdoor street fairs. We've been at outdoor shows and things, community events. And there'll be like a 10-year, one time we had like a 10-year-old girl dancing like super suggestively. People thought it was cute. They thought it was funny. There were, men, you know, there were grown men around that weren't there with their kids. You know, just was out in a park, mm-hmm. we, which of course we, you know, made made sure that it didn't continue. But it's just like everybody thought that was cute, that that was okay. Have we changed as a society in terms of what we think is acceptable of of public sexuality uh, or behavior? Social media has certain. It, it certainly has had a big right? effect yeah. on it. Yes. Um, you know, in the work that I do, it depends. Like I, 
I am in touch with where my cases are being heard. Certain communities are more conservatives. Right. Other communities are more open-minded. Some communities really trust the police and their word is bond. Whatever they said, it must have happened. Other communities, when the police say something, it's not as clear. There's a trust issue. So for the work that I do, yes, community standards is something that I take into consideration when trying a case, when trying to settle a case. Um, has it changed? It's hard to say. Because for me, a lot of what's happening is not that it's changed. What's changed is our ability to see it. Not that this didn't exist before, because we kind of talked about uh, right. celebrities marrying young people. Well, that's yes. not a new phenomenon, right? It's just right. We were talking about Priscilla, Elvis Presley, Presley. And, Elvis. and Priscilla was fifteen, was yeah. fifteen or sixteen, right? right. But Something the access to the information, being able to see it in your face, when we were Alan. having, I mean, they, there's still issues, but like the black men getting shot and uh, unarmed. Well, you used to just kind of hear about it. Well, now you, there's actually videos showing black men running away getting shot in the back. Oh, and by the yeah, way, but, but, the officers well, have gotten away with right, that, but too. But we've also been watching so this, too, because we watched R. Kelly publicly right. court Aaliyah right. in front of us. Right, and right. And we watched them do an interview where she kikied, God rest her soul, about her age and demurred about her age. We knew, we all knew this was and going I, on. We've been talking about this. But you say we. So how right. do, you mean as a society? Okay, and he has a point. And, and, we're and, all co-conspirators. Okay. All of us are co-conspirators. And her caregivers. Her parents. Yeah, I can't agree how are her parents allowing right. it to happen? I'm not a co-conspirator. Right. Right. But, but we I'm not here to judge, but where was her parents? I was not involved with Her father was very closely involved in her career. And allegedly her mother was. And Jason, I'm not picking on you. Were you aware of it at the time? Did you support Support R. Kelly afterwards. Did you go to a concert? Did you buy an album? Did you? Did you? Did you? No, 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 no. Let me answer. Let me answer. Let me answer. Let me answer. What about that? I'm not taking the credit as a co-conspirator. I'm saying we all have to evaluate ourselves. All right. You know, I can't say I was a big fan of R. Kelly. My favorite R. Kelly song is "Women's Threat." Okay. I remember I was a fan of Aaliyah. Right. I saw when they had their thing, but my enjoyment of their art form, their music. Okay, to me, it's not a commentary on how they live their personal lives. So you could enjoy their music right. even if they... Now, here's the thing. What's happened is we use our capitalism as a weapon these days. You do something bad, you can't work. You can't feed your family, right? So Ray Rice, at the tail end of his football career, but still had something left, did something wrong. It was dealt with. Mm -hmm. Then the video came out. And then okay. he was blackballed. Just like Colin Kaepernick, you didn't act right. We're gonna take your ability to we're earn gonna take and your eat money away, right? Because we don't like what you did using capitalism as a weapon against targeted people. And it's interesting who is subject to such targeting. It's not fairly distributed. It just depends. Right now, we're on say it like what you mean. Right. That's that if it's men of color, it's easier to target them. Is that well, what you're can. saying? It's not just that because here's the thing. People say, well, celebrities get over because they have all this money. They have the fame. celebrity yeah. factor but too. But guess what? They also get targeted because they're celebrities. They become examples and, and sometimes are used as examples because of their celebrity. So we're going to take them down to deter others. Cause right, that, which, which is true. But I think entangling that in right. this discussion is the wrong way to go. Okay, but, okay, okay. explain why. Frankly, because we are, again, it's another level of permissiveness. He's a powerful man. He's a celebrity. People throw he makes themselves good music. at him. 
guess what? There are a lot of people. There are a lot of people who are listened to on this radio station who we watch every day who have women throw themselves at them and men throw themselves and, at and them. And they're not getting they're, involved and they're in this. Not, they're not targeting 14-year-olds. They're not hanging around high Schools. school parking lots. Going to high school going parking kids. lots, which and is I, true. I would have a problem with linking that behavior. Well, okay, well, that's Dr. not Lisa, what I what, just said, though. But that's not what I said. Real, I didn't real say quick, it was Jason, okay. i got to get Dr. Lisa to weigh in on this. It's not okay. I'm not saying those are okay. But... Uh, you know, it's different when you talk legal versus this. Well, let's talk. Thing. I want to talk about so- society I mean, I and social about, mores. You know, like teachers in school, when they're accused of some kind of right. sexual inappropriate behavior, they're out. They're out. Right? They're out. You never hear from school, them again. Right. You never hear them unless they make a TV, mo- unless they make a movie or documentary. The office, and you never really hear from them again. In this case with R. Kelly, the disease hasn't been addressed because he doesn't really see it as a problem. And the people who have been around these children, for whatever reason, if you want to use Aaliyah, I don't know how her family felt about that. But then that says, at what point do we lose control of our children? If we have no control to help them, to keep them away from predators, what role do we pay? Play. We are the closest to our family. So uh, whether you advocate or Lisa, myself, that's that makes no difference if the family isn't pushing for some kind of justice. So do you feel that the families in general have not pushed hard enough? No, I don't. And so if that's the case, then you allow young girls to say, well, no one really cares. I'm doing it anyway. I'm getting some money. Uh, you know, yeah, let's not no, forget, no, they're I in should, a mansion, yeah. they're getting money, they're getting I'm who knows what else. I'm living better than I was living when I was with my own family. So if they don't care, maybe it's really not a problem. But Joel, to your point about the complicity of society, like like yeah. the Aaliyah thing, if they, at, at that time, people called up the TV stations and were like, "What? get this trash off, this is this outrageous, blah, 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 blah. There would have been... And I'm not separating myself out, by the way, because I did it too. That's why I say we are all, we all have a role to play in it. We're all, if the term co-conspirator bothers people, I don't care. We, we are, it takes a village. You can't do what R. Kelly did, publicly flirt so with what, young what, so women. So what do you think people should do? So, should know, people I, just not just buy his that. music, when, not stream yeah, his music? You know, so, then, but then that gets to the point of like you're being, you're being punished. This, in the I, court of commerce. I, I would say that's a start. And, and that's, by the but way, that's hard for me. I love when, R. Kelly's song catalog, but, during, but we've got to do it. Yeah. But during a time when this was all going on, I mean, I know for a fact that I was listening to his music. I mean, you know, there can only be one me, you know. And I mean, you know, and, and the thing is, <laughs> really, and but the thing is, did I fully understand the scope of it, particularly because I'm coming up in a family where if that happened to me, my dad would be all over the situation. Right. And I'm thinking, well, if he married her, I can't even leave the house without my parents right. saying, where are you going? So how did he marry her at 15 without consent? Well, did actually, they sneak off? And, and, where did and they when go? when I say it takes a village, her, his handler forged documents. Again, it takes a village. There are other people that did it, right. You, so can't do, you can't do the things he did without help. So right. we're trained to trust adults. So now you have young people that yes. can't trust no one. They and we're in no a celebrity, one. overall, we're in, we're in a celebrity culture. So, where, you know, unless unless they really want to make an example of you, you can get away, it seems like you can get away with a lot. Yeah, and so R. Kelly cannot be helped right now until he faced the reality that, that perhaps he has a problem, you, particularly hanging around schools, marrying young kids, you know, sexual acts with, you know, 14-year-olds. I mean, yeah, there's something going on. Do you on. think, Dr. Lisa, as a, as, a ther- as a clinician, he's getting worse? He's getting more controlling because no, more, 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 clever. Mani- more clever? Yes, And absolutely. is that what happens with somebody yes. that goes unchecked? Yeah. So he's probably now vetting his victims 
in a different way. way so to ensure that they are at least 18 now. I, I want to also point but out he's one now other, 50 or 60. So 50, 18 yeah. is really young now, right, for him. One other thing they said in the documentary about how he would use his own abuse as a way to build trust with these young women who had been in these situations. That's the That's next sick, level right? of the sickness because, again, that also that creates like a blight poor me. against other people who are dealing with that. But that's all he knew, particularly when you're talking about a man who may have some literacy issues. So he started where he was. Supposedly come read and come write. We're but. like kids together. You're 14, and I'm like 14 mentally. So, you know, this is what happened to me, and... No one had protected me and helped me. So, so all right, let's talk. Let's talk about what, what what lies ahead here as we as we wrap things up. Jason, le- legally, we saw the Cook County prosecutor uh, come forward and say, "Any victims, give us a call. Mm. We're we want to hear your story." Same thing in Fulton County, Georgia, where there was a young woman that was allegedly held held in the house. What is your best guess, knowing what we know now, and, and if nothing else new comes out, or who knows, mm. um, what's what's actually going to happen? Will Will there be something? Will well, he get I, I, better lawyers? Will get more high high profile lawyers that don't take two weeks before they start speaking out well I guess you know the the, the first uh, part of that is you know the prosecutors making a plea to the public for people to come forward so the question is are people gonna come forward Uh, hopefully they do Uh, hopefully they have the strength to come forward and they don't necessarily have a if they don't come forward when they're called to come forward and come forward later that's gonna create a problem for the case uh, part of the issue is, though, you know, we live in an opportunistic society. And now there's a docuseries that kind of lays out the formula as to what the allegations could be, what he's doing. So now there are people that can deal with their story and maybe make the story and take advantage of the, the opportunity. So the prosecutors and, and the investigators are going to have to really vet people who do come forward to make sure that this isn't someone taking advantage of an opportunity, and that they just they heard victim. it and they want yes. they want to do something. Dr. Lisa, just quickly, what's your what's your best uh, estimate of what's going to happen here with <clears throat> R. Kelly? Not much. I mean, if the um, young girls and their families aren't really advocating for anything, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Ab- just nothing keep getting lawsuits settled and, he, yep, and lawsuits checks will, written. That's it. The behavior will not change, well, it's not and the best predictor of future behavior is past. So he will continue to do it, but he will vet his victims in a much more assertive way. People, people are going to speak with their wallets. They're already doing it. Mm-hmm. It's commerce, commerce, commerce. And by the way, we have to self-evaluate, think about our responsibility, and think about what we're going to do the next time. Because I heard there's a Michael Jackson docuseries coming out later this year, and there are going to be others, and we're going to be publicly challenged to rethink how we look at our heroes. And so we've got to be ready for that, and we've got to understand our accountability in that as well. All right, I want to thank our guests for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. Attorney Jason Foy, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Lisa English, great to have you on as always. Thank you. And Joel Payne, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. And thank you for joining us for Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace.